3 a.m. Again, why did I ever think this was a good idea? Welcome to the Rise and Run podcast. Join our group of Run Disney friends as we talk about running at Walt Disney World and beyond. We'll discuss recent runs, training, upcoming races, and surprise topics suggested by you, our listeners. Well, the alarm's gone off, so let's go. Hi, friends. This is Monica, mama to Dopey Baby and leader of the Chaos Crew from Harmony, Florida. You're listening to the Rise and Run podcast. I hope your summer training is extra spicy to get you ready for those cool fall PRs. I look forward to seeing you at a Run Disney event this upcoming season, but until then, happy running! Mama to Dopey Baby. Actually, it's hashtag Dopey Baby. I can't believe you didn't get that right, Monica. <laughs> and leader of the chaos crew. I'll tell you, Monica, I, Monica cracks me up. I don't know why. She just does. I think she's genuinely, and I say this in a good way, with love in my heart, genuinely funny. Friends, hello, and welcome to episode 102 of the Rise and Run podcast. I'm Bob. I'm here this evening with John. Hey, how you doing? With Greg. Hey, hey, hey. With Allie. Hi, friends. And with Alicia. Hello. Hey, friends. Lovely to see you, as always. Our featured guest, race announcer, cancer survivor, and fitness guru, Fitz Kohler. Hang around for that one, friends. You're going to enjoy it, I promise. In the Race Report Spotlight, we chat with our friend Mark, who did the Summer Sizzler 15K in a city just outside Chicago. Friends, if you enjoy the podcast, please share us with your friends. Introduce them to Rise and Run. We'd love to chat with as many people as we can, follow you through with your training. You can join the journey with us. Please remember to follow us on Facebook at Rise and Run Podcast, on Instagram at Rise and Run Pod, and visit our webpage, riseandrunpodcast.com. If you've got a question, a comment, a race report, or you'd like to introduce an upcoming episode, as Monica just did, give us a call on our hotline, 727-266-2344. Leave us a recorded message. The Rise and Run podcast is sponsored by our good friends at Magic Bound Travel. Magic Bound Travel run Disney race experts are there to help you with all your Run Disney needs. They are all Run Disney veterans. Remember, Magic Bound Travel services are free. You can find them at their website, magicboundtravel.com. And Greg, they've got an announcement coming up, don't they? Well, I don't think it's specifically an MBT announcement, but I mean, it's one of those things where Disney, the day of recording on Tuesday, just announced a lot of details for the new cruise ship that's coming out, the Disney Treasure. And I'm telling you, I am beyond excited. I need to get on this ship because, number one, there's going to, going to be a Coco-themed restaurant. So if you've been on The Wish and you've seen like the little Arendelle Frozen show during your dinner, it's the exact same thing, but Coco. Super Shut excited up. about that. Oh. And then the other thing, if anybody knows me, you know that one of my favorite attractions at Walt Disney World is the Jungle Cruise. 
and there is going to be a Jungle Cruise themed bar. So I need to get on this ship. And obviously, if that happens, I'll be sure to reach out to my friends at MBT for a quote. But yeah. Yeah. So again, whether it's world, land, cruise, whatever you need, MBT is definitely going to be able to help you out. Bigger question, Greg. Why have we never ridden the Jungle Cruise together? That's like my favorite ride, too. I I don't know. We're going to have to make this happen during Marathon Weekend. All the dad jokes all the time. (laughs) You can't do it during the marathon, can you? No, you really can't. No, unfortunately. You can't. You can't. can't. Uh, Where does the treasure sail out of, Greg? Do you know? They haven't announced that specifically. I would have to imagine it's going to be similar to the Wish. It's probably going to you know, go out of Canaveral because it's going to so? be the newest ship. Um, the, really, the only detail that we know is that the inaugural sailing is late December of 2024, like literally like right oh, before okay. Christmas. So, um, But yeah, so if you want to get on that inaugural sailing, uh, contact our friends over at MBT. Sounds good. Friends, one more thing. If you'd like to support the show, we've got a Patreon link at patreon.com slash rise and run podcast. Different levels, different uh, rewards associated with each of the level. Check it out. We appreciate your support. Speaking of that, we want to recognize a couple of our Patreons tonight. Okay, so we have Jack from Merchantville, New Jersey. Sarah from Kellisbell, Montana. Abel from Petaluma, California, and David from Kennesaw, Georgia. Uh, thanks, guys. We, we love you all. Thank you so much. We appreciate the support. Petaluma, California. I'm trying to remember, and I haven't looked this up, but I seem to remember back in the days of Wide World of Sports with Jim McKay and the fellow falling off the ski jump coming down, and all, all the young folks here are looking at me like Bob's nuts. I don't know what he's talking about. John's shaking his head. It was the agony of defeat. The agony of defeat. That's right. Uh, I believe the World Wrist Wrestling Championships were in Petaluma, California. I could be wrong, but there's something about Petaluma that I remember. We'll have to ask Abel. Abel would know if that ever happened there. But until then, we're going with that. All right. Thank you so much, Patreons. We appreciate you all. And again, we know we haven't gotten to everyone yet. We're working through the list. Thank you so much. Let's take a look at our training calendars. Wine and Dine Weekend now, eight weeks away. It's getting real. For both Wine and Dine and Marathon Weekend, the runs are getting long, and we're going to talk about in just a moment. Week 10 of wine and dine training for the challenge you've got the two mile walk followed by the nine and a half mile run we get this question every year if the jeff galloway plan says walk on the first day or days if you're doing dopey do you have to walk well the answer is you don't have to do anything but i'd recommend that you do again Remember in your training here, you're trying to build time on your feet and you're also trying to train without wearing yourself out so much that you can't continue with your training the next week. So if it says walk two and then run walk 9.5, that's what I would do. Marathon weekend, we have that one that we can't quite explain. If you are training for the marathon, you have four miles on your schedule. If you're training for the dopey or goofy challenge, You've got three. 
either way, this is one of those where it was 11 last week. So this is one of those where you come back to a lower number before you bump up. I'm sure next week, the number will probably be 13. Uh, talking about training plans, our buddy Mark put a post in the Facebook group today. I'm going to pin it to the featured section for probably the next four or five days. He's got the training calendars, the the training files, schedules that he has worked up. They're really nice. He did a great job with those things. He's got some, if you take a look at the post, you can contact Mark and he's got some high res file files that are available for printing. I know he's requesting that if you do that, that you make a donation to his charity bib at Give Kids the World. And I think they're they're probably worth it. They look really nice. Um, Disneyland training starts next week, gang, as does 10K training for Marathon Weekend. We mentioned it just a moment ago. The numbers are getting big. The distances are getting long. And it is still hot in many parts of the country. So how do you handle the long training runs. One of the things that I do is I have an igloo water container. So when I go for my long run, I put ice in that. I make sure I have cold water and I refill my hydration pack or I refill my um, water bottles regularly with cold water because I really do find that that helps me a lot to regulate my temperature. And it also makes me feel like I'm getting a little refreshing break during that. Um, another thing that you guys know that I do is I do like to change my socks halfway through a run once it gets uh, yeah. above 10 miles because it doesn't matter how slow I go. And so I kind of like build these little breaks into it. So mentally, I'm I'm preparing myself for that. Very important point, Allie, that point where you said it doesn't matter how slowly you go because on the long training runs, that's very true. In fact, those of us who are familiar with customized training we have a number that coaches worked out for us based on our magic mile. And you can do the same thing, whether you're in CTP or not, go to the Jeff Galloway website. And you can do this and it'll give you a long training run pace. That's the fastest you should be going. Speed matters not on these long training runs. The big deal is that you finish them. These are the most important training runs of the week, the long ones when you're getting ready for the Disney runs. So do what you have to do. Walk if you need to. It's okay. I'll, I'll tell you a formula that I've used in the past when the numbers get really big and it's still hot around here in October and November. Uh, I will walk a mile and then run walk a mile. If Let's so say I have 20 on the training one. Yeah. I will, I've al done I will that alternate as well. that way. Yeah. Yeah. It's effective. I remember we had Jeff on, oh golly, uh, a couple times ago and we talked to him about that specifically and he said, yeah, that's a good idea. That's so, a good one for like when I get into the mind space of going, I'm I'm just going to give up and I'm just, I'm just going to walk the rest of it. And then I go, no, you know what? I'm going to walk this one. And then maybe I'll go back into my intervals the next one and see how that goes. And it sort of stops it from being like this huge, big number that I have to complete yeah. to like, oh, I get these built in. I get to decide if I want to take these built in slower miles in order to uh, save a little energy for the rest of it. Yeah. I yeah, like that. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's a mental it, game too. A lot of that helps with yeah. the mental stuff. 
Absolutely, Allie. And I think you said a really good point of you get to decide because we all know that for most of us, the first mile lies and um, sometimes yeah. the first couple miles lie and you're like, yeah. Yeah. I really yeah. want to do this. But then something clicks and you're like, okay, I can do this. And so maybe you want to run walk for more than just that one mile and you can decide that and that's okay. Good mm-hmm. point. Yeah. Yeah. Well said. Good point. Agree completely. So gang, we're going to say it a hundred more times. The only thing you're going to hear more between now and the time you cross the start line at Disney World, you're, you're going to hear more, get rid of your Mylar blankets before you cross the start line. But you're going to hear from us, the training is the key to having a fun weekend at Disney World. You do the training, you're going to have a good time. You don't do the training, you might finish, you're not going to like it. So hang in there. and. Talk with us if uh, if we can help you out. Even if we just, if you, even if you just need a pat on the back, we're here, and we know you can do this. So let's get it done. I wanted to talk about one more topic that I see sometimes, and that is walking when you go to a race. I will tell you, I've been there for the best part of the last three years. That. The race events I've gone to, I've walked them in their entirety. Now, I got to the point where I could be a pretty fast walker, but that's neither here nor there because I recall the first time I went to an event where I was just walking and I felt like I didn't belong. So when I read people say that, I know exactly how you feel. I got news for you. You belong as much as anybody else. You've earned the right to be there. As long as you're maintaining the paces that the race requires you to, and sometimes they have to for reasons of opening up roads or just for safety, they have to police up if you can't keep a certain pace. But if you can do that, doesn't matter, walking, running, whatever, you've got the right to be there. So walk and be proud of what you do because we're proud of you, I promise. Okay, friends, let's visit with our guest for the week. Friends, she's taught around the world for over 20 years. She's got the uncanny ability to wrangle the best out of folks who'd like to become more fit. She's a TV personality, a speaker, a race announcer, an author, a corporate spokesperson, and a cancer survivor. She's got a master's degree in exercise and sports sciences, and, and this makes me a little nervous, a PhD in harassment, Welcome. Welcome to the Rise and Run podcast, Fitz Kohler. Thank you all for having me on your show. I've been looking forward to this. Yeah, the PhD in harassment, Fitz. I'm a little scared. Yeah, you should be. Don't give me any excuses, mister. I'll take you down. I'll I'll see if I can hold my own. I'm up for it. All right, I'm going to start with this. My my friend and fellow Floridian, you come through Adelia all right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, it was... No, we had a beautiful breezy day. We had some wonderful rain and I actually love storms. I'm, I'm Floridian by birth. So uh, the sound of thunder makes me cozy, not scared. I'm I'm cool with that. We're we're right on the coast. So I was a little nervous, but we were okay. Some damage around us, but we were fine. All right, let's start. I'd like to start talking with race announcer Fitz Colder. How's that sound? That sounds great. One of my favorite topics. Oh, awesome. Look, if I start listing 
the races that you've done for race announcing for will be here most of the evening, and that's all we'll get done. But I'm just looking, L.A., Philly, Buffalo, Long Beach, San Diego, the Donna up in Jacksonville, St. Pete and Gasparilla, which we already talked about. I'm going to not be there this year. Uh-huh. I'm usually there. I'm, I found out you were there, so I said, no, I'm going to Disney World. I'm, <laughs> I told you, I'm, I'm scared. I'm scared. <laughs> but uh, how long have you been doing it, Fitz? Ex- almost exactly 10 years. Wow. I started in 2014, May of 2014. The OC Marathon in California was my very first event and uh, I was hooked. Were you out in California at the time or did they contact you and you headed out there? No, I was living here in Florida and you'll you'll appreciate this. I was virtually Disney's fitness expert. So I would show up at their expo and I would teach clinics, strength training for runners, pain prevention management for runners, so-and-so. And their longtime iconic race announcer, Rudy Novotny, not only was he the big voice of the big races, but he was stuck at the expo introducing the speakers. And so every time I came up, he was he was stuck introducing me. And then post-presentation, he would always say, you're so great. And, you know, we have a lot of people come and talk, but you're our only speaker. You're our only real speaker and you're engaging and blah, blah, blah. And he just kept going on. And finally, I was like, OK, thank you. You've said this. I appreciate the compliment. I don't know what to do with this anymore. He goes, you know what? I know what to do with this. I need a co-announcer in Orange County in May. And if you were, are you interested? And I said, well, I've never done it before, but I see what you do. It looks like a lot of fun. It looks like it'd be within my wheelhouse. So if you show me the ropes, I'd love to give it a go. And so he connected me with the race director who dug through fitness.com, you know, checked me out a little bit. Then we had a brief conversation and he said, Fitz, I'd love to have you announce my race. And I thought, whoopee. And, yeah. uh, I showed up in the OC, and I think that weekend we had over 25,000 people. It's not a tiny race. And uh, about an hour after yelling go on marathon morning, uh, Gary Kutcher, the race director, came over and he said, would you please come back next year? And I said, absolutely. And uh, there were some other race directors there that invited me to announce their race. And, you know, it's just spun out of control in the most wonderful way. That's a heck of a start. That's a great story. Um of, of the ones I've mentioned or any others that you can think of is I don't want to ask you for your favorites because that's not right. Okay. Cause then you leave something out, but is there, are there any that stand out in the history of your race announcing as, as particularly special? Uh, I mean, you're right. All of them are, all of them are my babies. I adore them. And for a million reasons, uh, the big Sur international marathon is breathtaking and fabulous and fancy. It's like, a super fancy golf tournament, but running with breathtaking views. That's that one's incredible. Uh, Gasparilla, the mega pirate party in Tampa is it's a monster and it's busy and chaotic and so much fun. And I love wearing the pirate gear and I love all the runners in pirate gear and uh, Fargo and uh, the DC superhero and Wonder Woman series. I, I could go on. I love them all because they bring me to you. Right. A couple of those. Uh, I know we've got some friends here who haven't, but want to do Big Sur. And I've had a chance to do Gasparilla. You're right. I talk that up all the time. That's a really, really good one. Fitz, obviously you have lots of memories of doing all these races that you know span from coast to coast all across the country here. Obviously, you are an inspirational story, which obviously we will get to a little bit later on in this interview. But from standing up on you know the stage in the announcer booth, going to the expo, can you share with us one of the most inspiring stories that you've seen of a runner 
from the eyes of a race announcer? Oh, there's so many. I mean, it's just, uh, I could go on and on, starting with the veterans with no legs and um, Adam, who is full paralyzed, walking in his exoskeleton. I mean, the, this inspiring stories never end, but some of my most heart-wrenching um, came in Ann Arbor, Michigan at their Goddess 5K that was always held on Mother's Day. And that race was partnered with the Michigan Ovarian Cancer Alliance. And quite a few years ago, or years in a row, we'd have dying women who chose to come on out. We'd, we had a 5K and a one mile. And mm -hmm. there was two times, Erica and uh, her family Erica came out young in her twenties, dying of a, like obviously dying of ovarian cancer. And she had a pack of about 30 people walking with her. <clears throat> so it was hard to even talk about. Yeah, her. I can understand that. But, uh, you know, my, my intentions when I, when I announce a race like that is to identify the patients and survivors. And this is way before I had cancer, right? I just thought they matter. They're, they're the stars of the show. And at that race, they would wear these teal sashes. So I'd be able to target these women and, and get their names and ideally on their way through the finish line, ask how many years they're cancer free. And, and I heard some great numbers and I heard a lot of still in treatments. Um, but Erica came through that one mile finish line in her wheelchair. And it was, I just, it's hard to describe, but 30 people basically in tears, not no, no joy at the finish line miserable um but they got up and they did it you know they were in the they're in the greatest grief one could experience the process of dying and her mother was with her and uh just so inspirational because so many people that are healthy that really have no excuses are making excuses they never get up they never do anything and these people on the path to death came out to do a race and i just thought wow that's living and so uh, was able to give Erica a big hug on her way through and give her a hero's welcome as she deserved and uh, stay behind as they crossed the finish line. So I could like try not to sob on the course and be a spectacle. And then uh, Erica did die a few weeks later and her mother came through the next year. And uh, it was really triumphant for her mother and, and some of the other family members come through. So team Erica, uh, they win. They win that category. That's incredible. It kind of also reminds me, you know, and we'll get to this a little bit later um, about something that you said in your book um, when you were talking about the three P's and you were saying that like, I can do hard things. And, and so these friends who are running the races, doing these hard things, going through the process, but it also must be really, really incredible to see the people that come with them to say, I want you to know that we're here with you while you're doing those hard things. Yeah. It's yeah. awesome. And then in legacy, going and doing them afterwards too. So you get to kind of see some of the same people coming through. It's, um, it's a blessing all around. And, and there's so many wonderful parts of my job. And I hate to even call it a job. You know, it is work. I get paid. I'm hired. But it's it's almost insulting to the thing that I do because I, I love it so much. But the thing that I love is the you. You know, it's really not about running. To me, it's about you achieving. And the fact that you show up at the start line blows my mind. I think, wow, all these people came out and holy mackerel, they think fitness is a great idea. And I'm a fitness expert. So 
helping you live better and longer is always number one on my list. So when someone hands me 20,000 people and they say, these people think exercise is a great idea, I say, whoopee. <laughs> and, then, and then when you come through the finish line, it's just even better. I fall in love with each and every one of you every single time. When every one of you come through the finish line, I just, I, I can't wrap my head around it, mm-hmm. which is, is so joyful. You know, it's just such a good time. I sound like a total cheesy nerd and I know that, no. but I'm addicted to you and addicted to race announcing. <laughs> Yikes. <laughs> you are right at home here because we feel exactly the same way about the friends who listen and the friends we meet at all these wonderful races. Allie, you gave us a good, and Fitz, you did too. You kind of gave us a good segue. You alluded to it, Fitz, in 2019, you discover you've got cancer. Yeah. And you battle, you write a couple books about it, your healthy cancer comeback, my noisy cancer comeback. Fitz, one of the things I loved about the book that I read, Your Healthy Cancer Comeback, was, um, and I feel like it kind of summed it up a little bit, was you said, I couldn't control the fact that I had cancer, but I could control the way that I responded to it. And in, you know, a bunch of different ways, you kind of lay that out for people. Um, What were some of the things that you were saying to yourself when you were saying, I couldn't control that I had cancer, but I could control the way I responded to it? Yeah, that was big. That was very big. And and, uh, (laughs) the mental game with cancer is just as important as the physical game. And uh, I think I played both pretty well, even though I was brutalized by my treatment. It was not easy by any any stretch. Um, but first it was perspective. You know, so many people talk about, did you have that why me moment? And I definitely did not, which may mean that I've got something broken, but I never thought why me. And the reason being is uh, because I live in Gainesville, Florida, and there's a pediatric oncology unit down the road from my house. And so when there's babies in the hospital with cancer, we know they have done nothing to earn it. Then why not me, right? There's millions of cancer diagnosis around the world, worldwide why not? Why not me? So I never had that. And that went a long way. And and I just felt, hey, I'm not a kid with cancer. It's not my kid with cancer. And for that, I will be grateful. I will put on my big girl panties and I will figure this out. And I did. I chose to stay positive. I find zero benefit to complaining and worry. And on occasion, I did vent. I was certainly human. But for the most part, I just decided to focus on the positive and deal with the negative, which there were plenty. And then I pursued my passions. And you guys, again, going back to it, oh, it was miraculous because I was a very sick person. So some people have, you know, transplants or they have the full mastectomy, which is a full bear. I did not have a full mastectomy. I had lumpectomy and a lymph node, many lymph nodes removed, and that was enough. But the way that I was really tortured by uh, cancer was 15 months of chemotherapy, and I was violently ill. For the entire stretch. And I, I lost a lot of weight. I was just so, so sick. But even as a sick, sick person, I got on those planes. I got on 30 planes out of Gainesville, Florida to go announce races or do keynotes. And, you know, sometimes I would arrive in a town and my race directors had helped me get IV fluids. You know, I'd go straight to Buffalo or Los Angeles. And there was someone there, a nurse with a bag waiting for me, which was really helpful to keep me going. But uh, I would often sleep on the bathroom floor at night, you know, it was like, for some reason, that's the place you sleep when the world is spinning. And at 4am, my alarm would go off and I drag myself off the ground. I put on my clothes and uh, I I'd get on over to bring my bald head to that start line. 
and miracles happened because the second I stepped onto my stage, every single thing that was wrong with me disappeared. I wasn't sick. I wasn't tired. I wasn't suffering. It was absolutely miraculous. And the great gift to me was that I was focused on these extraordinary events and these incredible people that I was serving. So as long as I had an athlete on my course, start through finish line, I got to be full force Fitz Kohler again. So uh, that mental game, it means everything. We have choices to make and you got to make good ones. I also, through a very trying experience with an MRI, which I talk uh, at, in great detail about in my noisy cancer comeback uh, that I learned very quickly before my treatment began that if I wanted to survive, I was constantly going to have to do things that terrified me. And this mantra in that MRI thing, MRI, MRI machine, just uh, it, it came on its own. It was, I can do hard things. While I was sitting there terrified as a claustrophobic person, um, I was saying, you know, Fitz, You've raised two great kids. You've built an international business. You used to be a full contact kickboxer. You can do hard things. You've got this. And so um, that mental game is so important because no matter how many people are there to support you, you have to endure all the treatment yourself. There was nobody who could take a bag of chemo for me. Nobody who could take a zap during radiation. I had to endure every single ounce of that punishment. And uh, if I were tearing myself down in, in, internally, it would have been a catastrophe. I'm not sure I would have survived, but instead that little voice in my head was lifting me up. She was saying, you've got this, you can do this. I believe in you, all those nerdy things that positive people say. She fits Kohler in my head. She's a, she's a beast. I love her so much because when I was crying, when they were about to poke a needle into my chest, she was saying, okay, it's going to go, if this will pass and you'll get, you'll get to the end of it. And eventually I had said, I can do her things enough. And I was at the end of it and I had endured it all. And you know, it really, it's this mantra that I've shared with others. So when people get a book from fitness.com, I include these little stickers there. I can do hard things stickers. And I love showing up in um, various places around the country and people have all the stickers on the back of their phone, the, I can do hard things. And it just, oh yeah, it, it means a lot to me that my crappy experience has truly benefited others. And then, of course, the uh, the physical game is its is its own beast. But yeah, that mental game and and folks, you don't need cancer to start talking yourself up, right? You don't need cancer to flip the switch on a bad attitude. You can absorb. You can do that today because why not? Life is short, and if you take care of yourself, um, everything gets better. I love that, Fitz. Actually, I can do hard things is one of my major uh, mantras that I use through my marathon training. So I love that <laughs> we have that in common. Um, in your Healthy Cancer Comeback, um, it's really a book that is directed at people who have cancer and that need some guidance with exercise and not feeling so alone in the scary reality of it. Do you think that I Can Do Hard Things would be the mantra that you wanted um, somebody in your shoes to know? Or is there another thing that you wish somebody would have um, been able to tell you in that moment when you were found out that you had cancer? If I go back and think, what would, what do I wish somebody would have said to me? I don't actually know if that exists. I mean, um, I can do hard things. Just it, it was natural, right? It, it was a, it was an experience that came about. Um, I wish people would have said less weird things to me. I mean, I got a lot of, <laughs> I got a lot of nonsense I could have done without. Uh, my favorite, per, my favorite uh, 
my favorite thing, tip, I should say, my favorite tip someone shared with me is keep a water bottle with you and drink it all the time. And that, and that was super helpful because I suffered from dehydration because of the sickness. But um, I could tell you, there's a lot of things I wish people hadn't said to me. Yeah, I'm not going to ask for examples. That's okay. <laughs> you also mentioned too, in your healthy cancer comeback, that with or without cancer, your healthy habits matter. And I thought that was really, um, I felt, I felt like that was really important to read a couple times where, you know, you're coming into this going, oh, I've got cancer, so I might as well just, you know, get through the treatment and spend 15 months just, like you said, sick. And and you were saying that it really matters to have a level of fitness and to not push yourself because that's the wrong word, but in, inspire yourself to stay healthy and um, move the needle towards the positive. Um, and then coming out of treatments, it's also just as important to start to look at things and, and go, okay, well, you know what, my healthy, ha- my healthy habits matter. So I'm going to choose foods that help me versus foods that maybe don't serve my goals of becoming a healthy person. Yeah, you know, it's interesting. So within our company, probably within your entire listener base, there are people who care about their health. They're advocating for their self by getting out and moving, they're running or maybe doing yoga, et cetera. Hopefully they're focusing on nutrition too, because food matters. But it's interesting how someone who has had no regard for their health, the second they're diagnosed with cancer, all your laser focus is, is God, I wish I was healthy, right? The boats don't matter. The parties drinking don't matter. All your fancy watch doesn't matter. All you wish for when you hear you have cancer is your health. And so you don't have to wait for cancer to turn a laser focus on health. In fact, you know, we know that exercise and nutrition will help you prevent uh, diagnosis such as uh, heart disease and diabetes and strokes and GERD and all sorts of horrible things, right? Nutrition and exercise will also help you find your way out of so many illnesses and ailments. If you go to any doctor on planet Earth and look at those pamphlets on the wall, pretty much every last one of them will tell you the issue you're reading about can be prevented or uh, almost completely dealt with via exercise and nutrition. So it's proven. And when it comes to cancer, oh, there are endless studies that prove exercise and nutrition will make a cancer patient far more likely to reach remission and far less likely to have a recurrence. So uh, the power is really within your fingertips. So I, I completely believe in Western medicine. I am forever grateful for those chemotherapy drugs that I hated and the radiation and the surgeries. All of that saved my life. And I truly believe that. But I had some control as well. And how foolish we would be to be facing one of the greatest opponents we will ever face in our life and not arm ourselves with as much protective equipment as we can. And so, you know, strength, cardio, flexibility, balance, they all matter to a cancer patient. They all matter to a regular person. So runners, if you're out there and you only just run, pay attention, strength, flexibility, balance, they're necessarily, they're necessary as well. And we could talk about that another time, but uh, when you're, when you're sick, you know, if you just rest, as your aunt is telling you to do, or your mom is saying, rest, rest, oh, you got to rest. Okay, rest is helpful to a point, but then all your time in bed or sitting down, it leads to muscle atrophy, strength loss, lack of stamina, 
lack of mobility, mm-hmm. lack of balance. And you know what happens when you lack balance and you combine that with these weird cancer drugs is you fall down. And when you put together a, uh, a cancer patient with a broken hip, you've got a real problem on your hands. Right. And so um, instead of constantly encouraging your cancer patient friend to rest, 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 what you need to do is get yourself your healthy cancer comeback or buy it for them. And then do it with them. Say, let's go for a walk together. Or you know what? I'm going to lie down in bed with you and we're going to do some leg lifts. We're going to keep our hips strong. So um, it's this is not the time to uh, do away with your healthy habits. This is the time to lean in and say, holy hell, I need to do what I can because this is scary. Can I get your input, Fitz? We get questions a lot about people coming back. First of all, I want you to realize you're talking to several folks directly in our audience. We have, we have people in various stages of the fight. Of course. Some have been in remission for years. Some are early in the process and they're all fighting it. And they're all doing in some way what you've done because they're here with us. So they're here in the running community and, and trying their darndest. And I'll tell you, they impress the living daylights out of me. Yeah. In addition, though, we've got folks who are coming back from other ailments or injuries. And what I don't think folks appreciate so much is there's the physical recovery. I'm better from my illness. I'm better from it. And the mental aspect of getting by that. And I think both of them are tough. And I'd like you to comment on the mental aspect, how you get by. You've been hurt and now you're going to go out and run and you're worried that, uh, your ankle's going to hurt again or something like that. Yeah. So I think you start with compassion for what you've been through, right? You start with compassion because life is hard and whether you have a sprained ankle or you've had cancer or, you know, whatever, an amputation, it's, it, it's okay to feel for yourself and understand the hardship you've been through, but you have to blend that with determination, right? So if all you feel is compassion for yourself and you coddle yourself and you say, oh, I don't have to get up and exercise, you poor dear, you've had cancer. You know, for me, I, I had great compassion for not only my physical trauma and I lost a ton of weight. My, I had that point where my mom said, you got to eat. You look like you were in the Holocaust. And I, I said, okay, mom, I get it. This is this is, I'm trying, right? I'm trying. It was, it was a really rough state. Um, but I couldn't sit there and pity myself because I looked like I just walked out of Auschwitz, right? I had to make progress because I wanted to get back to normal. And I knew that was best for my body and it was best for my mind. You know, cancer made me cry almost every day. And, uh, what do I do? I'd go in my bathroom, I'd cry alone I'd go in my car, cry alone. And then I'd dry my tears and I'd put on my big girl panties and I'd get out and face the day. Um, but when it came time for me to get, you know, past surgery, for example, when I was finally able to exercise, I got in the pool and then I wiggled. Mm-hmm. That was it. I just mm-hmm. took baby steps. I did not expect that I was going to be the Fitzcoller of 2018 or, you know, whatever I used to be. I, it's foolish to compare yourself to what you used to be. Well, all you have is where you are today. And can you do something to make yourself 1% better, to push the needle forward. And so for me, it was getting in the pool and wiggling. I didn't swim. I didn't even water walk. All I did was wiggle. The next day I came back and I stretched. And then eventually I walked back and forth in the shallow end. And along with that, I was always stretching in the shower and doing little strength training moves. And, you know, as I made progress. It was baby step, baby step, baby step. And because of that, I never once had a setback. And, um, 
And, and that's actually why I wrote the book because, you know, I never had a doubt I would rebuild my body and get back to vibrancy and athleticism and health. But I'm a fitness expert. Yay me, right? But what about the millions of cancer patients out there that have been dragged behind a horse during their treatment and they have zero clue how to get back to health? In fact, most survivors of cancer gain weight. They don't lose it. That's that's something most people don't know. They're shocked by the fact that they put on weight and they don't know how to get on off. And most people who put on weight during cancer care do not lose the weight ever again. So um, there's definitely some savvy, some know-how, some encouragement. And this cancer community, uh, many doctors will tell a patient, you should exercise, you should eat right. But they don't tell them how, right? (laughs) You talk about an obstacle course, chemo, radiation, surgery, that's obstacles. So I've tried to... um, demystify how to exercise, how to pursue nutrition during and after the process. And uh, I'm excited about these books helping so many people. One of the things I love about this particular book before we move on is um, it encompasses so many different aspects. We talked a little bit about the um, mental aspects, the physical aspects, but there was one um, chapter that I found really, really nice. Um, Having both parents had cancer, my mom's just recently um, become a cancer survivor of breast cancer. Um, there was a chapter in the end about how you can help your friends who have cancer, your family who have cancer. Um, and one of the things that you list is gifts that you can give a cancer patient that's going through chemo, radiation, or any other part of cancer. And I love that. Um, I love that idea. So um, I'd like to make sure that your book is added into that list because I I know as soon as I finished reading the book, I was like, this is something my mom really wants to read. She wants to start to get into a little more of nutritional stuff. She really wants to get into exercising. And you kind of list out, depending on what level of fitness that you are, how you can start that. If you've never been fit ever in your life to if you, you know, used to run marathons, um, if you're used to running marathons. So it's it's really a nice book for anybody to, to receive as a gift. So I just wanted to kind of put that out there to the people listening, um, that that's something else I, I thought you should, you should have in your, your gift for people with cancer. <laughs> wow. Thank you so much, Allie. And I, I find that the majority of my books are purchased for people as gifts. And mm. um, you know how every pregnant woman on earth ends up with the book, What to Expect When You're Expecting? Yes. So my goal for your healthy cancer comeback precisely is that every new cancer diagnosis on earth gets this book and even recent survivors because I mean, health and fitness, like we said, it matters so much. It matters even more when you've got cancer. So I appreciate that. Thank you. And I just want to make a note, too, about your first book, My Noisy Cancer Comeback. Um, I laughed through that book. I cried through the book. It's so inspirational. Um, I know we've talked about your healthy cancer comeback. Both are fantastic books. So I just want to throw that out there. Thank you. Thank you. And if I may, there's the journal, the Healthy Cancer Comeback yes. Journal. I can send that to you guys, but it's full color and you know, journaling is a cathartic process. So there's places for people to put in their diagnosis details and, you know, list their, their faith, their 
family, their fitness, the funny stuff. You know, nobody talks about it. I mean, I talk about it as you as you just said, but there's a lot of funny stuff that goes along with cancer. So, you know, some of the prompts are what have you nicknamed your port? And what have you nicknamed your tumor? <laughs> and what celebrities do you look like bald? And for me, the top one apparently was crazy Britney Spears, which was <laughs> so, um, so the journal is uh it, you know it it all there's the memoir, the guidebook, and the journal, and and hopefully they go to hand in hand to help people officially through it all. Absolutely. Yeah, fantastic. Fitness. Let's let's move on to. I mean, this is where it all began, really. The fitness expert guru. Uh, you what you were uh, the uh, conditioning coach for the Gators national soccer championship team, right? Well, one of them. Yeah, they used to come to me to uh, kickbox, as did the National Championship Gator tennis team. And I've trained all sorts of athletes and all sorts of wonderful individuals in my history. Awesome. And you've got your website, fitness, fit, not fitness, fitness.com. Yes, sir. Can you tell us a little bit about that, please? Yeah, so fitness in general is gimmick-free form of fitness. I, I work to make fitness understandable, attainable, and fun for the masses and uh, help people live better and longer. And so fitness.com is my home base. And, of course, people can learn about me, but more importantly, they can learn about how to attack fitness um, better themselves. And it's all based on science. There's no gimmicks. There's no pills, no powders, no sh supplements or shakes or snake oil at all. It's just real deal fitness training. You know, I uh, offer a ton of free videos. Strength training for runners is one of my most popular hints, hints, <laughs> probably about a hundred other videos broken down into small little segments that people can follow along with for um, strengthening and stretching their body and doing cardio and balance as well. Tons of recipes, the exact formula for weight loss. So if you're running at a weight, you'd rather not be at uh, for free on the cover of fitness.com is the exact formula for weight loss. But, uh, you know, my business model for the most part is corporations pay my salary. So I work as speaker for uh, associations and corporations, Disney, Oakley, Tropicana, American Massage Therapy Association, Florida Realtors Association, all sorts of businesses. They pay my bills. And so I can give away a ton of information for free to the consumer because I really never want a dollar to stand between me and helping you live better and longer. So I do have a course online there. My books are on sale and so forth, but really fitness.com is designed to be a free resource to uh, change your life. And that is very cool of you because I was just discussing this with someone else earlier, like a couple hours ago, runners tend to run yeah, and that's it yeah, and ignore other things, which can get them in trouble, lead to injury, not make them as healthy. You got, what should we runners be doing besides just running? Okay. So for the general person in general, in order to qualify as fit, and I imagine all runners want to fall into that category, right? In order to qualify as fit, you have to be proficient in four pillars of fitness. That's cardiovascular, which y'all got down pat. Congrats. Their strength, flexibility, and balance. And so I ask a simple question. If you're a marathon runner, but you can't do five push-ups. Are you fit? Mm -hmm, I'd say no. Right? If you're a yoga instructor who can do all sorts of bendy things, but you can't climb two flights of stairs without huffing and puffing, are you fit? That's unlikely. Right. So there's, <laughs> I have a few more questions we could do it, but yeah. you get the gist. it's important that everybody targets 
all of their body for strength, not just your abs and not just your quads. Uh, your lats matter, your biceps matter, having symmetry matters. Uh, runners, quite often, the pain they're experiencing isn't from injury. It's from tightness and weakness. And so at many of these races around the country, besides announcing, I also speak. And my most popular workshop is strength training for runners. And uh, when I tell folks, you know, I go through all of the the basics of which muscles we're targeting and why. And then here's XYZ examples of easy, well, maybe they're challenging, but simple, free, mostly free. Maybe we use bands, which are a couple of bucks each, but exercises you can do with no excuses, right? You don't need a gym membership. You can just do this stuff in your living room if you need to. Um, and then, so at the end of the workshop, I always ask folks, I say, hey, listen, does this make sense to you? All the heads nod. Do you believe if you do this series of work, workouts I've given you, which again, that's strength training for workout, it's a strength training for runners video on the cover of fitness.com is exactly what's there. It's 12 minutes long. If you do this workout every other day or a few times a week, do you think you will make progress? Yes. You think you will run further, faster, pain-free. All the heads go yes. And I say, okay, now there's, there's the 50% rule. 50% of you will take this information and you will run with it and you will run further. You will run faster. You will run pain-free. And then you will start texting me and emailing and saying, holy mackerel fits. You were right. I just PR'd this week and I PR'd last week and my hip no longer hurts and my back feels great. So 50% of you will achieve greatness because you take action. But then there's the other 50% of you that nod your head right now and say, yes, all this makes sense. And yes, I know I'll make progress if I do it, but you won't. And you will continue to increase tightness and weakness. You will have pain. You will have pain that leads to suffering. That suffering will take you to a very expensive doctor who will order very expensive scans. And then that doctor will say, you know what? I don't really see any tears, fractures. You're actually not injured. I'm going to send you to a very expensive physical therapist. And then that physical therapist is going to tell you to do exactly what I've told you today in this workshop. They will precisely give you that 12-minute workout that's on the cover of fitness.com. So runners, avoid all the drama. Just go get this free workout and do it ideally every other day, if not every third day, and then pursue stretching and pursue balance training and your every run you take moving forward will be so much more lovely and uh, and and easy, you know, comfortable. And you will come through those finish lines with your hands up high and a big smile, like I expect, as opposed to looking at your watch like a grouchy Gus and complaining for the next four days why you didn't PR and why your race wasn't as you expected it to. So come on, runners, step it up. Friends, pay attention. That's the that is the best advice you've heard today. I promise. Oh, if I could poke them all in the chest, I would do it. <laughs> hey, Fitz. As Bob mentioned earlier, you know you've worked with some pretty predominant names you know, in terms of the training aspect, and you know, and but you've also been a trainer, and then also it's on, done some journalistic work, you know, for some pretty famous people. You know, I, I'm looking at the you know the accolades here on your website. You know, you have Brooke Shields, you have Venus Williams, Meb. And those are all really, really big, high-profile names as it relates to fitness, you know, both, again, from the training perspective and the journalistic perspective. The name on this list that I want to know about and I want a story about is, what was it like working with the Wiggles? Oh, I'm so glad you said the Wiggles. So I love me some Wiggles. And I think any parent who has a kid between probably like two and 30 at this point knows who the Wiggles are. They're the, uh, the, uh, the... 
Australian children's version of the beetle, right? There's four of them, or there used to be four. Now there's a whole bunch. They call them the fruit salad wiggles. But I started working that with them, I think it was about 2010 when my kids were little. And I was working with a ton of different celebrities. And what I found is, you know, Dora the Explorer, Explorer always sang about cupcakes and chocolate mountains and so forth. And all the other cartoons were pumping up the junk food. But the Wiggles, man, they kept it clean. They were talking about fruit salad and moving your body. And it was just so wholesome and great. And so I reached out to their PR person and I said, hey, this is who I am. This is what I do. I'd love to do a feature with the Wiggles. And he said, well, can you come to Chicago next month and we'll do some uh, in-person interviews? And A, they're freaking delightful. They're so cool. And I know some guys are like, I don't know. Those wiggles are kind of weird. These wiggles are the kind of guys you want to go have a beer with and watch a rugby match. They're super normal and just sarcastic and funny and laid back and wildly talented and incredible entrepreneurs and, you know, multimillionaires. But they, uh, they're just, I love them so much. I've clicked best with Anthony Wiggle, the blue one, and the pirate, Captain Feathersword, his name is Patty. And gosh, we've, they, our our relationship has just evolved. And we started out doing pull-ups in Anthony's uh, dressing room at, I think, Amway Arena in Chicago. And then uh, he came to Gainesville, Florida, and I've seen them all over the country. But yeah, I have a ton of videos with the Wiggles on fitness.com and my YouTube channel, Fitness. And they're, they're just great. And uh, watching them evolve with their fitness has been a lot of fun. And uh, I'm, I'm proud to call them friends. They're, they're neat. That's great. See what I missed by not having grandchildren. Oh, okay. I don't know. I don't know any of this. Hey, you can it, watch the Wiggles still. <laughs> I'll have to. I'll have to search for them. I'm sure I won't have any trouble finding them. Fitz, if friends want to see you, uh, where are you going to be? Where are you going to be coming up? Uh, what races you got? Where can we see you? Okay. So first of all, I want people to come. I think my best, my races are the best races. They have all the bells and whistles. And if they're investing in me, you know, they've done everything else right. Because usually a professional high-end race announcer is the cherry on top, right? We can agree with that. So, um, so yes, everybody should come to my races and I have a race announcing page and calendar on fitness.com so people can find me. Uh, but next up I've got, uh, Detroit goddess, Uh, Women Run the D, and I have the Donna TBC 5K at Sawgrass, the golf course. And the very next day, I'll be announcing Boulderthon in Colorado, which is outstanding. I'm super excited to get there. The Monterey Bay Half Marathon, uh, the Savannah Bridge Run, Rocket City, Sarasota Marathon. I mean, there's a whole bunch that I'm probably leaving out, but those are some of the highlights moving forward. And, you know, I... On occasion, people will say, oh, I wanted to meet you last time, but I was nervous. Please, God, introduce yourself. I'm so desperate to meet every last one of you. I love hugs. I love sweaty hugs. It's my privilege to grab your hand and run you through the finish line if you like that. I mean, I'm just, I'm probably a little too hands-on. So if you think I'm (laughs) creepy, (laughs) tell me, back off, noisy lady, but... Uh, the reason I, I show up at these races is because of you. So I, I hope to make some new friends out of this podcast. And uh, folks, if you follow me on social media, you know, I promise great content in return, but I would much rather have friends than followers. So please tell me, I heard you on the Rise and Run podcast and say hello. 
Awesome. Awesome. I doubtless we can we have a file we call the race report where our friends tell us where they're going to run. I recognize that we've got people going to be in Boulder. We've got people going to be at Donna. So they'll be there. We have one guy who goes to Gasparilla sometimes, but he's not going to be there this year. I already told you that I'll be there next year though. Yeah. <laughs> um, so that's fantastic. I think we've covered it, but let's put it into one last time. Fitness.com is the website and the books. What about Instagram fits? I don't think we talked about that. You have an Instagram. I am fitness on Instagram, fitness on Facebook, fitness on YouTube, fitness everywhere. Fitness with a Z. Fitz Kohler, it has been a delight and I knew it would be. I've been excited about talking with you. We're so thankful that you uh, spent some time with us. And I know our friends who are listening are going to love it. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me on your show. And uh, runners, get to work. Enjoy every step. Man, that was such a good interview. I think I could listen to Fitz forever. You know, Alicia and I were talking about this a little bit ahead of time. And Alicia, I... I want to read her book based on your recommendation, the other one, The Noisy Comeback, because I've only read Your Healthy Cancer Comeback. And truly, I'm like six chapters in, but I have seriously laughed, cried, every emotion with it. it it's really good written book. Um, she goes kind of day by day almost of her experience, and I would definitely recommend it. Yeah, it sounds awesome. It's tough to say I enjoyed listening to someone talk about how they battled cancer. I don't know that enjoyed is the right word, but I was enthralled with the interview. I was really, really, really pleased that, uh, that Fitz joined us. Friends, it's time for Fluffy Fizzy's Wine and Dine. You, got, you thought I was <laughs> going to say the race report, didn't you? No, not yet. Not yet. It is, though. It's time for the Fluffy Fizzy's Wine and Dine Expo pre-order. And that's a, hey, that's a big day. When it is a big kicks, day. Yes, you betcha. And, and, and can we just talk about how amazing the stuff is that Pam comes up with weekend <laughs> oh, after yeah. weekend after weekend? I feel so bad because sometimes she'll workshop something to us and then she'll tell us that, you know, due to Disney's rules and everything mm-hmm. like that, it gets rejected. But she had some absolutely fabulous ideas. But the stuff that did get approved is awesome. And I especially love the Lumiere um, you know, candelabras, you know, that she's got going on. She, mm-hmm. she really, really did well. So yeah. fluffyfizzies.com, all one word, fluffyfizzies. Check it out. Don't forget to use the code happy running to save 10% on your purchase. We'll have Pam back with us before the expo so she can give us the details on all the stuff she's got going on. But check that out. Uh, news from one of our friends and Patreons, Greg. Yeah. So right before we started recording, I just happened to be scrolling through Instagram and our good buddy, David, uh, just shared some very, very fabulous news that him and his wife are expecting their first child, uh, this spring. Uh, so very, very excited to be adding to the rise and run family. And I'm I'm so stoked. I'm actually going to be seeing David this weekend, um, at burden hand. So I I can't wait to give him the the true congratulations in person, but, uh, from everyone here at the rise and run family, we just want to wish you, uh, a happy congratulations. Yay. Congratulations. This, this won't be hashtag burden hand baby. Will it? 
I don't know. You know, well, maybe. Yeah, I mean, look, right, David's a lot faster than me, so unfortunately, I won't be able to run with him to maybe workshop some ideas here. Uh, yeah. but, you know, m- maybe at, at the the post race picnic, we'll, we'll we'll think of a few. Okay, congratulations, guys. We're excited for you. I, friends, I I know there's lots of good news out there uh, amongst you, and I feel a little funny that we don't mention everybody because we don't know them all. But if we if we hear or get word of of news like this, we'd like to share it. Uh, upcoming next week, episode 103, the Council of Costumes is back. Looking forward to talking with them. We also chatted with our friend Alec at Kauaian Pizza Apparel. So we'll have that for you next week. Now it's time for the race report. Before we get into this weekend's races, I want to recognize our friend, Chris, who ran his 36th month in a row with a half marathon. Now, a lot of these are virtuals or they are runs that Chris does on his own. He doesn't do a whole lot of organized races. Nevertheless, 36 months in a row with a half marathon. You might remember Chris Otterwan Kenobi, who helped us with an intro in episode 99, and was also with us with other friends talking about running your first marathon in episode 49. So congratulations, Chris. That's a big deal. Moving on to this weekend's report. We had a long weekend because of the U.S. holiday, Labor Day. The racing started in Friday, and it started in the Netherlands. And I'd like to thank our friend Danny this time for running in a city that I didn't have to look up how to pronounce. He ran this one in Amsterdam, the finance run half marathon. Humid, humid in the Netherlands. I think that's unusual for this time of year. Good training run. We're going to see Danny at Marathon Weekend and wine and dine. So running in the humidity is good practice for running in Florida. Uh, the only problem he had with the race that it was four laps around a rowing course. It was boring as could be, but at least it was near the airport. He got to see a lot of airplanes. So we had that going for him, but good job, Danny. Thanks for the report. We look forward to seeing you in eight weeks. Okay. Moving on to Saturday. Let's start in Wheaton, Illinois, right outside Chicago for the Summer Sizzler 15K. I'm going to find out how apt that name was because here with us in the Race Report Spotlight, our friend Mark. Mark, welcome to the Rise and Run podcast. Thanks for having me, guys. Love the uh, love the podcast. Thank you, sir. Glad you could make it. We love these spots. I love meeting, saying hello to new friends, people I've seen before. It's a lot of fun. So, Summer Sizzler. That sounds like it was probably a route right. Was it pretty hot? Luckily, the 7 a.m. start uh, helped a little bit. Uh, you know, the sun wasn't fully up, but uh, around 8, 8.15 when the sun was up and there were no clouds in the sky, it got pretty hot, but it still was okay. You know, it, it wasn't one of those 90 degrees yet, so it wasn't oh, that bad. okay. It's it's hot right now up in the Chicago area, isn't it? Yes, it's still hot. We're expecting one more day, I think, of 90s, and then it's going to cool off. So that'll help. 
end of the summer heat wave. One last hurrah. Right. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah, and it, then your training can get, then your training can get serious, man. You amp it up then. There you go. You, Yeah. It's nice. It's nice when it cools off. Hey, Mark, tell us about this race. How did it go? So the summer sizzler was, um, it's in the Donata Forest Preserve. And in the Forest Preserve, there's also a equestrian center. So you're always, I've, I've done several races at this location, and they always incorporate this horse track somehow. The horse track is on grass. Okay, okay. So this race, you started off on grass and then ran all the way around the track probably a little bit less than half a mile uh then ran the you know the the 5k and you did that two more times so every time you got to the grass it was kind of a struggle yeah you know because you're starting the 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 other the next 5k but uh it was a fun fun race um they had you know keeping with the theme of jaws and summer sizzler they had uh they had like sand buckets at the turnaround with little pails and right. uh, they had blow up uh, beach balls. <laughs> so you could run with those, but I, you know, I don't need anything. I don't need anything else weighing me down. No, I get you. <laughs> but yeah, it was, it was definitely a, a, a fun race. Um, and like I said, the weather wasn't too bad, thankfully. Had you done this one before or is this the first I've, time? No, this one I've never done. The summer sizzler I've never done, but like I said, there's there's races there a lot uh, in the in the end of the summer in the fall and uh, the rest of the course is mostly li- uh, the crushed rock the limestone which which is much easier on your legs than the uh, the concrete so it was a good race this wasn't your first 15k was it 15k yes I've never done that a 15k wow. uh, you know. Yeah, exactly. So, so that was nice. Greg, uh, we know what that means. First 15 K. Oh. <laughs> yeah, man, that's fun. That's good. Yeah. That was the, uh, the first variety, the 15 K. Yeah. All right. Fun. Excellent. Uh, how'd you get started running Mark? So my family and we're DVC members. Uh-huh. Um, as the kids started to get older, uh, vacations, varied it was either the summer or for new years we started going down for new years and then we saw people on the bus all the time wearing the medals so uh you know my wife and i oh you know why don't we try it why don't we try it so 2018 we started uh we both ran the five and the ten for marathon weekend that was the weekend when it was freezing oh yes right freezing I don't know how we stuck with it after that, but, uh, that, uh, that kicked it off. And then after that, I said, you know, I kind of want to try pushing it up, you know, a half, let me try a half. So it took me a year. Uh, I joined orange theory. I know, uh, I think Lexi's in orange theory. I I think you're right. Proponent and, Uh um, kind of got in some good shape. And then that 2019, I did star Wars, all three. I did wine and dine all three, and then I did my first dopey in right. 2020. So okay, yeah, I, I stuck with it, and uh, thankfully for um, the run walk run method, 
Yes, sir. I think uh, I don't think I could do it without that. Oh, no, uh, it's, it's, you know. it's a wonderful method. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, definitely. definitely. And um, I, I played I've played soccer all my life and, you know, college. And, uh, you know, a few years after finishing that, my brain and my feet would not talk to, you know, they wouldn't understand each other. And I said, I can't keep doing this. You know, something's going to go wrong. And then this run, walk, run just uh, eased me into it. And, you know, it's, it's, it's fun. And like I said before, Disney is the place to do it. Disney is the, is the, uh, the arena, I guess, for, uh, for families and for, for people to just have fun. Absolutely. Absolutely. I don't know how many folks I've heard say the same thing. And you've had a chance to meet Jeff at one of the expos, I presume, Jeff Callahan? Yes. Yeah, definitely. Yes. I don't know if you, if you hang around there just a little bit, I don't know how many people in the course of a weekend tell them you've changed my life and they mean it. This is going to be my, uh, this will be my fourth dopey. Yeah, me too. This, uh, 2024. So I'm looking forward to it. Dopey number four. Yeah. Good for you. Congratulations. Thank you. See you there. Are you yeah. wine and dine? Yes or no? No. Okay. <laughs> it was funny that the 2019 season, I was able to come down by myself and my wife and my kids were jealous. And, <laughs> you know, I, I don't think that's going to happen again. Um, you know, I, I, hopefully one of these years I'll convince my wife to come down to wine and dine. Because yeah, that's definitely a fun weekend. It is a good one. Uh, Greg does that all the time. He comes down, he convinces his wife he's not having fun. Right, right. That's what she no. says. It's, it's it's a terrible, terrible time. It takes so much convincing. That, yeah. <laughs> they they uh oh yeah, you went on vacation, and I said it's not not really a vacation. Waking up at two a.m. It's a business trip. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Right. 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 I but, promise. Uh, I'll hate it. I promise. Yeah. Okay, so got a couple of questions here. I love the metal. Jaws is like one of my favorite movies. We're going to need a bigger metal, right? Uh, <laughs> what does Jaws have to do with the summer I, sizzle? I have no idea. Because even in the, the pictures online, you know, it was everything, the, the hot sun, you know. And then uh, the race shirt they gave you was a tank top with a big shark on it, kind of like the, uh, like the metal and all in a circle. It says, dun, 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 dun. The whole thing. it's so funny. I'll post a pic on, on the Facebook page of the shirt. Oh uh, yeah. Send it to us. Please. Yes, I will. Yeah. I will. It, it was funny. Yeah. And it says, don't go in the water on the back. So I don't know how it's connected to this race, but you got, you got a lot of sharks out in what's it? Lake Erie. Uh, <laughs> not, not out here, not in the Midwest. Probably not. Right. Got that old SNL routine about land sharks. Right. (laughs) Yeah. So we'll see you in January, Mark. Um, Anything else on your schedule coming up that you want to talk about? I actually have a half this Saturday at the same location. All right. Um, The only thing is it starts at eight as opposed to seven. So hopefully the temps aren't as bad. Um, But, you know, again, take it slow. There's no. uh, Yes, sir. no uh, race requirements here. No, you got it. You're absolutely right. You got the right attitude. That's awesome. Hey, Mark, thanks for joining us. Sounds like you had a good time. If you were going to convince folks to come to Wheaton, Illinois in early September, what would you tell them? I'd, I'd tell them that the, uh, the, the Forest Preserve, there's lots to see. 
the uh, the running is is much better on that uh, crushed uh, limestone, and uh, it's fun. You know, it, it's it's it for me. Doing these races are are easier than training by yourself. You know, doing miles with everyone else around you, it it, it helps. It I helps. agree. I agree. Sounds like fun. Sounds like fun. Sounds like a, a good race, Mark. We're glad you were able to join us and tell us about it and put that medal in a good place where everybody can see it. <laughs> Definitely. Thanks, guys. Thank you, Mark. Continuing now in Waterville Valley, New Hampshire, the Black Bear Trails Race. Victoria ran this one. Do you know where that is, Allie? Yeah, there's a ski resort up there. Ah, now, Victoria around this one, remember that name because we're not done with Victoria yet, okay? This is a beautiful race in the New Hampshire town. Yeah, ski resort makes sense because there's 1,600 feet of elevation mm-hmm. gain in this half marathon. Yep, you're running Whoa. up a mountain. <laughs> Whoa, that's a lot. Uh, Victoria decided to cool down and rinse off with a little hike. And did a photo shoot with her medals in a couple of waterfall pools. In Alvin, Texan, the Benizi Purple Monkey 5K. This is a kind of a, a memorial run for a fellow. I, I looked at the site. I tried to pick up on the story. But our buddy Andy, who goes by Lucky, ran this one. Finished third in his age group with an impressive time of less than 23 minutes. If you place, you get a Purple Monkey. And Lucky... I got to tell you, I saw your dedication on Facebook and I was overwhelmed. I, I don't want to let that go by without mentioning it. Thank you so very much from the bottom of my heart. And on behalf of the whole gang here, we love the fact that you're listening and that this whole Rise and Run family means that much to you. Let's move to Sunday in Charlotte, North Carolina, the Around the Crown 10K. Kristen and Megan were there. Kristen said that because this is Sunday of Labor Day, they closed the inner lanes of the inner belt line and thousands of runners get to run, get to run around Interstate 277. She stuck with her 60-20 run-walk-run intervals and she PR'd. <laughs> Way to go, Kristen. 10K PR. Good job. Moving to Virginia Beach, Virginia, the Virginia Beach 10-miler. Jennifer and Heather were there. Jennifer knocked this one out in a cool one hour and 15 minutes. 16th overall female, fourth in her age group. And for Jennifer, a 10-mile PR. Good job, Jennifer. Jennifer, Obviously, for a minute 15 for a 10-miler, it's a very fast runner. Excellent job. Next big run up for Jennifer, Berlin Marathon. Out in the middle of the Pacific, in Puaipu, Hawaii, the Kauai Marathon. Ashley and Catherine were there. Catherine ran the half. It was the day after her 40th birthday. Shows she is now running in a new age group. So this run was an age group PR. It was very hilly. It rained for about a mile, then got very hot and sunny for the last few miles. I got to imagine that describes many, many days 
in the islands, in Kauai and on Oahu. Rains for a little while, rain clears up, and it gets hot and sunny. Hula dancers, drummers, lovely people everywhere, stunning views. Kauai is known as the Garden Island. It's gorgeous. And there were chickens running around. Uh, they also had Maui onion potato chips at the end. Not the same island, Maui and Kauai, but Maui onion potato chips. For a second there, Bob, Good I thought you were going to say they had Maui Brewing Company beer because when I was there last year, I, I fell in love with that. Ah. Uh, I, went, I went there like three times. So ah. I, that's where I thought you were going with that. But, but I take some potato chips. Too. Sorry. No, I, and I, I wasn't aware of that one, Greg. You know, I left I left there a while back, and uh, that didn't exist at the time. So, since we're out from being out in the Pacific, let's go across the Atlantic to the big half in London. Amy and Rob ran that one. Amy did it as a catered training run for Berlin. Fighting a little bit of a knee injury, but loves this race. Runs through the great landmarks of London. Another recommended destination race. Uh, Rob did it for, it said it's the first time he's run a half in six months. And I I guess it's been a while because I used to hear from Rob a lot. So he's been, I'm not sure if he got hurt or what happened. But he's been not running for a little while. So I'm glad to see that Rob's back out there. Uh, said his back was hurting a little bit, but he got it done and otherwise felt good. So congratulations, Rob and Amy. In Swansea, New Hampshire. Allie, do you know where that is? No. No? Oh, gosh. How about the Swansea Covered Bridges run? Still don't. Oh, well. <laughs> All right. I told you on Saturday that Victoria, who did the Watervale Valley run, wasn't done. This is Victoria. She's back in Swansea, New Hampshire, running this small local race. Had three covered bridges she got to run through. Had an amazing barbecue afterwards to support the local school. A nice race. Got a chance to chat with some other runners. Ended up eating lunch with two of the runners that she kept leapfrogging with during the first eight miles of the Aww. race. You, you ever get like that? You know, especially uh, Galloway runners. Yep. See this person? Nope. There they go. Yep. There they are. Nope. And sometimes they give you funny looks because they wonder what you're doing because they're running the whole time. And sometimes they know what you're doing. But yeah, I've been there, done that. So I said we weren't through with Victoria. Stay tuned. I like Victoria because she's like the tour of the races that I should be doing. Uh, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah. Uh, still on Sunday, the inaugural Virginia Beach 5K 10-miler challenge that started on Saturday. On Sunday, Joe and Jen ran. They ran with friends that they made at the 5K Corral for the 2022 Dopey Challenge. That's pretty cool, too. Make friends at Dopey in the corral, end up running with them in Virginia Beach. Both Joe and Jen PR'd by 32 minutes. Holy cow. Woo! Nicely done. Rounding out Sunday in Pocatello, Idaho, the Pocatello Half Marathon. I had to say it twice because I like saying Pocatello. 
Uh, who was there? Jennifer was there. This was Jennifer's first race report. Hey, good to hear from you, Jennifer. Said it was hot, but the aid station volunteers were great, and she had a good time. Now, that was Jennifer's first report. Let's move on now to Labor Day and Harlowtown, Montana, the Aid Spirit USA Half Marathon. Here we find Jennifer's second race report report. Not too shabby. It was hot. It was hot in Idaho the day before. It was hot in Montana the next day. The course was beautiful. She has two more races in Montana, and then she's going to move on to Saturn. The planet? The planet, yes. Saturn. Okay. Yeah. Oh, that make. Oh, oh, let me explain. Wait, wait. I was going to say Saturn's a gas planet, so okay. Uh, let me let me explain. There's a group there, the Marathon Maniacs and the Half Marathon Fanatics. And based on the number of events that you do, they assign you a planet. And they start you in the outer planets and they move you in. So Uh, it appears that Jennifer has been on Neptune, Saturn, Neptune. It's tough to do them backwards. I can do them them forward. We're leaving out Pluto here. She's yes, uh, yeah. Pluto's it's a, a planet. It, it, I, was, I learned it was a planet. Yeah, well, I was a me- planet when I was memorizing him. It was a planet, right? Well, actually, in speaking of Pluto, uh, we actually should thank Pluto the dog. A happy birthday today. Mm. Snuck happy that birthday. one in. That's pretty yeah. cool. <laughs> That's pretty cool. But from Neptune to Uranus to Saturn, so her next two more runs will move her into Saturn. So I th- and I think if you do enough you end up on the sun i can't remember i was in the organization for a little while i i didn't renew but uh good for you jennifer so there's two reports from jennifer in new haven connecticut the facts and law new haven road race half marathon had a bunch of folks there emily was there emily says she'd been running in connecticut for almost 12 years old she's not a 169er you know, the 169 cities in Connecticut. But even though Emily's been running there for 12 years, this was the first time coming to New Haven for a race. Uh, She ran the 20K, the 20K option, because she's never run the distance before. So if she's never run that distance before, even though it was hot, she PR'd. Pretty sneaky running a 20k just to PR, especially since a half marathon's a 21.1k. So they must have had it marked up. And I think they did. I know they did that. It marked on different off differently. We'll get to that in just a moment. Um another first, and she has a terrific picture that she put on Facebook for us. Getting a whole loaf of bread as post race refreshment. And I gotta tell you, it looked pretty good. Uh Michelle was there Said it was her last, it might be her last run of the year. Uh, we'll see, Michelle. People say that, and then something comes along. Trying for a PR, but it was it was too hot. But her nephew decided to run his first race ever. So we know what that means. <phone rings> Riley was there. Riley also said, everybody who ran this one said it was hot and humid and it forced him to slow down. Uh, still had a great time. And Riley pointed out as Emily alluded to that not only was this a half marathon, this was the USA track and field 20 K championships. 
that happened at the same event. You talk about who's who in running. Uh, Riley said she had a chance to see Des Linden, Molly Seidel, Emily Sisson. Emily was the winner of the uh, women's 20K. So great time there. And finally, I mentioned her on Saturday. I mentioned her on Sunday. Victoria was here again on Monday, a third race, second state. She's on her way to doing 50 halves in 50 states. As with everybody else, the heat was no joke. Uh, It was cool to see how many people came out and cheered. She felt like this was her victory lap for the weekend. Victoria, three halves in three days in two states. Congratulations. Great job. In Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, the 2023 Steelers run and walk 5K. Andrew was there. Andrew had some trouble with his timing, but no doubt about it, Andrew PR'd in this race. He finished, and again, a little bit of trouble. His his chip tag didn't work. Right around 30 minutes. That's a great time. This one finishes with a rib fest. When Andrew posted, a bunch of other I ran twos came along. Uh, Julia was there. Julia sent a nice photo. Julia finished this one in about 25 minutes. Great run. Jennifer was there. Nice photo. Rachel's sister and dad. Rachel commented, my sister and dad were there too. Uh, That's neat. And finally, Jackie, and Jackie's post was, I had no idea there were so many yinzers here. All right, who knows what a yinzer is? Greg, if I said use guys. Use guys, okay. Yeah, see, so the thing is, is that Pennsylvania is such a large state. It, yeah. it we, we, we might as well be like split in the middle because, yeah. you know, in Eastern PA, you know, it's soda, but you go out to Pittsburgh and it's pop. So it's that much of a cultural difference out there. <laughs> so yeah, Yinzer is the uh, second person plural word that folks in Pittsburgh use instead. If down south it would be y'all, <clears throat> y'all. Around Philly, it's use guys, and out in the Pittsburgh area, it's Yinzers. Pretty cool, pretty cool. But a bunch of people: one, two, three, four, uh, five folks there at the Steelers run. Neat. Halifax, Nova Scotia, the Cinnamon Bun Fun Run 5K. Lori was there fourth place in her age group with a sub-28. Another great race for Lori. I saw some photos, but I didn't see any photos of the Cinnamon Buns. And apparently the reason is Lori ate them before she had a chance to take photos. We can forgive that. All right. Uh, our friend Beth was scheduled for a run in Macon, Georgia. She had to drop out due to illness, but I don't want to forget and give Beth her kudos for at least for signing up. There'll be other races, Beth. Good decision. Good decision. Do what you need to do. All right, my friends. And if you run, you know you are our friend. We hope you enjoyed episode 102 of the Rise and Run podcast. We had a lot of fun preparing it for you. We hope you had fun listening. Get out there. Those training runs are tough, but they're important. We know you can do them. We have a Saturday Zoom coming up this Saturday, 2 p.m. Eastern time here in the U.S. of A. 
We hope to see a bunch of you here on Zoom on Saturday. Bob, should, should, should I message you from the cornfields of Bird in Hand for, for, for that Zoom? You know what? I think it would be neat if you just had everybody get together and pop into the Zoom. Okay. I think, I mean, you'll be done. Oh, yes. In fact, you'll probably be finishing up your uh, the second piece of chicken and your third ear of corn. I'm not, I'm not saying, <laughs> I mean, I just, that's what I would eat because I enjoyed the heck out of that. Uh, I enjoyed the heck out of that barbecue. I'm envious you guys. It's a great race. I know a bunch of folks are going to be there and I know you're going to have a good time. I hope the weather holds out for you. Me too. That would be the only thing. All right, friends, that's it. Till we meet again, happy running. The Rise and Run podcast discusses general information about Run Disney and is in no way affiliated with Run Disney or the Walt Disney Company. Any information or advice discussed on this podcast should not be considered medical advice and should always consult with your healthcare provider or event organizer.